When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. That's Megan. That's Eric. I'm Rudo. We're here in Studio B to talk a little bit of value today. Uh, a couple weeks ago, if you were watching, we did the middle six value, which I, we're doing top line today. And I think value is an interesting conversation in general with the top line because you see these players get paid a lot of money at the top of lineups. And while it doesn't always necessarily translate directly to an obscene amount of points, it's hard to make the argument that they're not worth it, right? So, I, I don't know. Everyone's got to form their own opinion to a certain extent. But we're going to see the whole range of top lines and getting paid or not getting paid uh, through today's show. We have all teams from the uh, Central Division, and then we have a couple of extra teams as well to take a look at. So uh, I wanted to start at the bottom of the central so we can start with Chicago, mostly because I think they're a pretty significant outlier um, in this list. You have Taylor Hall, who's been a, a, certainly a top six guy for pretty much his entire career. Uh, but then you have Connor Bedard coming in. I'm throwing him on the top line right away. It certainly looks that's like what Chicago wants to do. And that last spot, I put Anthony Sioux there. That could end up being Reichel's spot um, as the season goes on. But a pretty big number of question marks on this top line for Chicago. Bedard, obviously, people are expecting good things. But Taylor Hall, not getting any younger, has struggled to stay healthy over the last handful of years. And then Anthony Sioux, kind of the same thing. A lot of injuries. Probably isn't really a top line player, but... I'll, I'll leave it to you guys. Do you think on a Chicago team that's not expected to be very good, can this top line be flashy? <laughs> I mean, Connor Bedard certainly carries a lot of that expectation. For sure. Taylor Hall has some of that experience. But I think that his last couple of stints, they've, they've been good too. But I don't know if they've been top line good is where I'm going with this. I think they've been top six potential and so that's a lot of um, pressure to carry on his shoulders to drive the top of the lineup in Chicago because you can't fully expect Connor Bedard to take on that a much responsibility. And this is where I think this conversation branches out into a top six conversation beyond just the top line because I think that there are players that are penciled in for the second line on each of these teams that are likely to see top line minutes, including in Colorado. Yeah. And I think that's true of Chicago, especially. There's probably going to be a bit of a revolving carousel of players that get optioned within the top six just because there is a lot of uncertainty surrounding how they're going to utilize some of these players within their forward group. Definitely a, a fair argument. Um, and, and to be clear, on a couple of these, I just have to pick someone who's going to play in the top line. So totally, the abs, totally. look, I put Miko on their top line because he scored 100 yeah. points last year. He's making a nine and a quarter million dollars. Mechanically, he might end up playing on a second line, but you would consider him a top line player in the NHL. So that's where I'm at with it. 
to go back to Chicago there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how can I say that? Like, you look at that graphic there, you're like, well, again, this is not... Not great. A Stanley Cup championship. Not great. Yeah. It, they're not winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, if you're going to bet on something, like you can bet they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> bashing them. I'm saying that, hey, listen, they, they, they stripped the team down and now they're, they're rebuilding. And if you look at Connor Bedard, then people might have false expectations next year. You know, he's going to be an unbelievable player. We all know that. And yep. if you compare him to his peers, that's what you got to do all the time, right? At that age, where is he at compared to everybody else? And yep. and you know he's going to be a superstar. But how's he going to fare in his first year? I don't know. Go back to Sidney Crosby, uh, his first year. I mean, there's, uh, again, NFTCU, he probably not a first-line player and a, a, a cup-contending team. You know what I mean? And I know that's what you put there, and I agree with you. It's, yeah. It could be interchangeable. Just is what but, it is. Uh, not first-line players, not first-line materials, but a team that's going to go in there with no pressure. When you play with no True. pressure, like I said, go back to Crosby his first year. I mean, I, I thought he you know, he fared pretty well with some bad players. Again, I shouldn't say bad players, sorry. L marginal players. You know I'll call I mean? them bad if okay, you don't want that's to. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you play in the NHL, you're a fine player. I'm not top-line players, it, it, right? Better you know? at NHL than I'll be at anything that's in my right. life. That's, you sure, know what I'm but. saying. I, 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 I don't like to say that, but they're not. First line players and 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 what happened? And we talked about it yesterday. That Crosby made them better, yep. right? He did. Yep. Uh, Mario Lemieux made uh, Warren Young score fifty goals back then. You never saw Warren Young play ever in the NHL ever again after that because he signed that big deal in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, so it's the same yeah. thing. What happens is guys can get opportunities like this, and and what happens is they probably price themselves out if they score. You know, again, if the sure. goes, and all of a sudden he scores forty, and next yeah. thing you know they're like, oh man, you know. And then you got to give him the money. So, but Bedard's gonna he's gonna find a way. And and I agree, Taylor Hall is more. He's not a driver. He not does not drive a line. He's uh, he's a companion, right? That's yep. what he is. And yep. and and I like him. Uh, I do. And but but somewhere somehow I think. He, he's there. He chose to go there, right? Yep. And you know, there's going to be no, not a lot of pressure there this year. And I, and I'm, a, I'm a big Luke uh, Richardson fan. I, I think uh, coach, he's outstanding. He's a good human being. This is a guy that played hard, played the right way, uh, has done all that he has to do in coaching and assistant coach and minors. And uh, I have a lot of respect for him. These guys are going to learn from from a great, uh, you know, respected veteran that Richardson was, but. So that right there, you know, is, is a lineup that, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like I said, it might be value in there. Obviously, if you look at the numbers, they're not very high because Bedard's at zero points yeah, last year. Yeah, knocks and, the numbers yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then obviously his cap hit's not that big. And, uh, you know, who knows? It might be value for fantasy. You know, I, mean, oh, yeah, I don't think totally. it's going to be value for winning a Stanley Cup, right? No. And, and look, part of Chicago's problem, we're not going to get into it fully today, but they're paying their fourth line as much as they're paying their top line. <laughs> And that's surrounding him, right? Now yeah. They want to surround Bedard <laughs> right. the right way. And Nicky Foligno and guys like that are yeah. they're awesome. And, you know, but it's a lot of money. You're right. You know, it's a lot of money. And uh, what is it, Corey Perry and so Perry Foligno? Same, right? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, again, you want, you want your young guy to learn from some of the best. And, and I tell you one thing, I'll vouch for Nick Foligno because I know him. And that's the Foligno family. Like, you're not going to learn uh, better from the, those people are outstanding. And, and Nikki is going to be a great mentor for Connor Bedard for sure. Can he not learn from Corey Perry? Can we? <laughs> does the league really need him the next Corey Perry? I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we can we can move on. I, I really there's not a ton to talk about with Chicago. I think Arizona. 
in a more interesting place. You're not going to see the ridiculous high-end talent on this roster. And and the big question is that Barrett Hayton spot, the, the top-line center spot. Keller's been there. He's proven himself to be a legit quality guy. Schmaltz has been an effective top six player, but, you know, has to stay healthy at times. And then I put Barrett Hayton on here because I just don't know what to expect. What is Arizona going to do with Logan Cooley? Are they going to throw him into the fire the way I expect Chicago to do with Bedard? Maybe. But Hayton had a decent last year, had a good breakout. Is this top line, top three guys, good enough to compete for a playoff spot this year? Uh, I, I, I'm going to say no. I'll jump in first. Okay, I'm going to say no. Um, I, I just, Clayton Keller's an outstanding player. Um, I'm a big Nick Schmaltz fan. Uh, you're right, when he stays healthy. Yeah. He, he, he's never been healthy. Uh, knock on wood for him. Um, I don't think that is a playoff team. I don't think that uh, for, for, for many reasons. Um, I, I just feel that First of all, they've never done it. They've never been in the playoffs. And, and I know it's an argument you can talk about all the time. Oh, he's never done it. But, well, I mean, there's a guy that's pretty good. You know, Eichel last year never done it in the playoffs. <laughs> went never straight to the top game, of the thing. The yeah. I mean, you know, Jerome McGinley back then, you know, yeah. never made a playoff. And then he goes all the way to game seven against Tampa. So, you know, you got that knock until you do it in the playoffs. And I get that. I, I, it is a different animal. It's a different game. But a guy like Keller is, is still hasn't done it when it counts and when i say when it counts for me is first 20 games of the season first 25 games of the season everybody's feeling yeah. you're feeling it you got to turn over the blue line it's like uh, last 25 games of the season um i'm going back to the edmonton oilers back then they used to pad their stats yeah, the last 25 yeah. 30 games of the season all those guys it's easy to play you have no pressure well you lose the game it doesn't matter so you play loose and those guys are so skilled i mean Clayton keller is one of the most skilled guys in the nhl you can make plays you'll try stuff that sometimes you don't try sure and then so i think it's important to see how this these guys at some point you have to you're not this is not your first year your second year so him and schmaltz have to go somewhere else and then Hayton, a guy like that, which, I mean, it was a high pick. You know what I mean? Like uh, too high, like, too <laughs> high. You know, I mean, I I, I watched. I, I listen. I saw him play a lot in the minors, and I, I really didn't know how to describe it. I didn't know what this guy was, and I have to give him credit. Last year, found himself like a little yep. bit of a a, a niche with yep. that team, and then uh, as a fit with with Keller somewhere somehow. It's always about a fit. Sometimes you can put two great players together. They don't work well together. They don't mesh well. It's like a marriage. It's like yeah, anything yeah. else. If you it doesn't I mean? work, it doesn't work. doesn't mean you're not a good person. It doesn't work. But it, it finds like, I think they got some chemistry on and off the ice, those two. And then, uh, you know, again, I mean, that's my answer. I don't know what Megan's going to say. For me, that's not a, a playoff team. Would you get some value again on fantasy? Probably. I, I would say yes, you know. I agree with you. And... It's interesting because I actually really like the direction that Arizona is headed. And in looking beyond just the top line, I think that that's why I like the direction that they're headed with Matias sure. Michelli is can he repeat yep. the success of the season that he had? I think Jason Zucker is a great addition to this team coming off a 48-point season. That's another player I think is going to be somewhere in middle six, potentially even second line 
mainstay conversation, but for how long, right? right? It is that one-year contract for Zucker, so I don't know that he's a part of the future for Arizona, but with the promise of a young goaltender in Vimelka, and can Logan Cooley rise to the occasion in his debut NHL season? There's a lot of maybes at this time of year for a lot of teams, again, including Colorado, that if Logan Cooley has a terrific rookie season, there's a possibility there. But what's going to make this interesting and why I'm still a no, like Eric said, is who they would be competing with for the wild card spot. And we're going to be evaluating some of those teams, too, that are direct composition, uh, co competition for Arizona. And that's where I think it gets tricky is those teams have similar maybes on their team that could also help to lift them to that wild card spot. So I really like where Arizona is headed. I think Schmaltz is a terrific two-way player that brings so much value to that top line beyond just production because this graphic it is a very simple overview yes, of that, right? It, it's, it's like not, dollar per point. We're not diving point. in yeah, deep yeah. here. Exactly. Yeah. But when you look at it more closely, that is where the value of Schmaltz is especially found. And then yep. the other thing I'm curious to see is there has been a lot of questions surrounding Clayton Keller and his future in Arizona. Like, is yep. he happy there? Yep. And I think this is going to be a, a really important season for the future of the team and what direction they decide to head. Even if they don't necessarily secure that spot, though I think it would go a long way in securing a home arena down the line, like an official place to play. I think Logan Cooley making the decision to leave college to play also is very revealing, that there is some hope surrounding where Arizona is headed. Yep. And so for that reason, I hope that it also boosts Keller's optimism surrounding the future of the Coyotes. Overall, not sure this is the year for them to get into the playoffs, but excited for where they're going. Well, and, and you can see it with the investment level. Just shy of $15 million is significantly on the lower end of the teams that we're going to look at today. It's not Chicago levels who, outside of Bedard, is just straight up not trying to win this year. Uh, but it's not a full, full blown, you know, we're going for it level of investment. So you look at that and you say, hey, as they continue to progress, if they're moving in the right direction, they can spend a little bit more money. They can go out and, and get additional pieces to add around someone like a Keller that maybe it bumps Nick Schmaltz down to a second line role in the future if that's what they feel they need to do. And it's it's always hard to approximate value and what the correct move is and things like that because as I kind of said off the top of the show, you know Nathan McKinnon is priceless. You can't you could pay him a max contract and he'd be worth every penny, but you can't make the wrong decisions when it comes to those guys. And Arizona still has those decisions open. They haven't backed themselves into a corner if anything. So. They have to make the right decisions, but you're starting to see a path to where if they make a right decision or two, if Cooley works out for them, all of a sudden they're pretty close. So. I mean, they are a value team. They have yeah, to be a, of with their situation. Yep. They have to be, and I think right. Armstrong's done a good job. Yep. Uh, they and like you said, they're trying to find some value guys, and you know Zucker or Kerfoot or you know right that they're trying yep. to to add to their. At some point, you have to take a step. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. You can't just be, oh, we're rebuilding, rebuilding, and we stripped this off. At some point, you have to take a step. Looks like, uh, you know, they signed Armstrong to a new deal, right? Their GM. Yep. They signed uh, the, uh, Turing, think, yeah, yeah. Their, their head coach to a new deal. And then uh, they're trying to get some continuity, and they're trying to get to that next step by adding those veterans now, at, you know, to, to the uh, Kellers of the world and everything. And, and I think they're trying to 
you know, see where it leads and see where it leads with the arena and see where it goes. But this is a team that, you know, obviously has made the right steps. At some point now you start adding those guys and you can't make too many mistakes when you're in that situation. Yeah. And we'll see right now this year if, you know, adding those guys was the right fit for them, you know. Yep. I I really do feel good about them if you project out a couple of years, but yeah. it's just a little early. I agree. I got, yeah. I mean, they're surrounding the youth, which is what this is kind of all about, right? Cooley, Michelli, McBain. They're yep. surrounding the youth with some veteran talent, like Eric yep. mentioned, and that's going to be really important, laying a foundation now for the future. Yep. Um, you can do Nashville really quick as well, uh, because Nashville is in a really weird spot, and I don't know what they're doing. Look, Philip Forsberg, legit guy. That's a top-line guy for you. Ryan O'Reilly used to be a top-line guy. I don't know how well he's going to age. Obviously, you love him defensively. He's captain material. will give you all of that hard work. But we've seen the offensive production drop off a bit in the last couple of years. And then Gustav Nyquist exists. And that and look, I love I love Gus Nyquist. I've wanted him to join the Avs for years as a second line guy, and maybe now in his career, maybe more like a third line guy. Uh, but Nashville's forward core, and this doesn't really show. We talked more about this in our middle six. Uh, you talk about the Avs having question marks. The entire Nashville lineup is just a one big question mark. Like I don't know what they're going to do, and I just don't. They don't have that guy, right? They don't have the guy that can go out there and and dominate and carry a team to victory. Not to take that away. Look, O'Reilly did it that one year in St. Louis. It was great. But for the most part, on the offensive side, O'Reilly's not the guy to show up and completely carry you every single night. Can you be successful without that? They're missing too many important pieces. I think Ryan O'Reilly had a huge impact on Toronto last year when he joined that group, but he had a supporting cast in the forward core of Matthews and Marner and yep. Nylander. And so not having that in Nashville, since all of that has been shipped out, I have the same question. Do they have a second and third line? And right now their fourth line is penciled to be Kiefer Sherwood. That isn't to demerit Sherwood, but we talk about a lot of question marks for the Avs in their bottom six. Yep. This is almost the entirety of the forward group including the top line, because that just doesn't seem like an adequate winger in Nyquist to be a top line player, in my opinion. I still think that Ryan O'Reilly has an it factor to his game, but it hasn't been so much production. It's been it's the other qualities that he sure. brings about. And for that reason, then, he needs a supporting cast that is going to help offensively, and I think that is where Nashville just hasn't answered that question. I think Ryan O'Reilly, too, has had some uh, questions surrounding health and playing a complete season, and that Definitely. has harmed some of the projection for his points pace because I don't think it's been bad. I think he can hang on a top line, and he has those leadership qualities that are invaluable to a team. There's just not enough support around him for it to make the difference that I think Nashville needs. It's To me, it's similar to Gabe Landeskog, right? Can play on that top line, plays a very important role on the team, but if that guy's your top scorer, you're in trouble. I agree. I agree. I'm a big Ryan fan. I am. Uh, I love the kid. Love the player. Um, brings a lot to a team. I'll use the same term as I used earlier. I don't know what a stage of his career right now. If he's a driver, you sure. Know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a driver. I mean, would I take him on my team? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
not a driver right now at this time. Um, and Forsberg, I'm a big fan, but at some point you gotta, you know, you gotta he, take that. Next he step is what he is at this point, right? He's established as a sixty to seventy point guy. That's what he is. I, I a good player, uh, you know. But then you got to do it at the right times too. So it's not like he's really gone deep in the playoffs over his career. And it's yep. not a, you know, it's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. But when you're supposedly the main guy you got to carry them you got to yep. make guys better around you and nyquist like you said i mean i'm not laughing i'm saying it's just who knows right yeah, who knows how this yeah. is going to turn out so so you're looking at this and 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 you're going to play against the nashville predators and that's your your top line then hey we're in for a dog fight tonight guys you know what i mean i don't <laughs> think it's a nine nine eight game you know what i mean yeah. it's like, hey, we might have to go you're, you're win two one or one, one nothing for yeah, sure because ryan's gonna make you grind and obviously they got good goaltending in saros and and it's still got roman yossi right you yep. know what i mean uh, but he's not on the off i mean on on the on the forwards uh i i think their forwards are very you know stale so to speak a little bit someone's gonna have to step up i'm not sure who it's gonna be but yeah i mean that's uh, I mean, David stepping aside and then Barry Trotz taking yeah. over. And obviously, there'll be a little bit of a systems, different, yeah. different vision, right? You know, a little, a little something different there. But uh, I mean, you hey, talk good. about Burnett. someone who wants yeah. to win 2 1 every game, Barry Trotz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Bruno's a little different. Bruno's all <laughs> he offense, wants to play some you know offense. I mean? like, yeah, Bruno wants to play offense and great power play guy. And it'll be interesting. So it'll be a good mix, I think. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, throw them down the gutter. I think they're going to be, you know, fine. But they're going to be a tough team to play against, you know, because Barry Trotz demands that. And I, and I know Bruno does that too, so Andrew Burnett. So I think they'll be very good on the special. And don't forget Danny Heino, former Avalanche, yeah. right? He's, yeah. he's running their PK there. Uh, great kid. The um, FBI officer himself. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So, I mean, somewhere they can muster up some stuff, you know. It's just not one of those teams that you're like, oh, boy, you know. You got to be careful, though. Uh, they have McKinnon, or, you know. They, it's they just a, it's a team that's value is set up strangely in general. And don't get me wrong, eighteen million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. But they're spending so little on the rest of their forward core. They're gonna have six forwards this year making under a million dollars in their starting lineup, compared to a, a team like the Avs who will have eight or nine, uh, making over a million. It's and as you kind of mentioned, a lot of that money is getting spent on their defense and Roman yeah. Yossi and uh, Ryan McDonough down there. Yeah. But I look at that and I just go, well, the Avs defense is just better, and the Avs are spending less on their defense, and they're spending more on their top line, and I just don't see how the math adds up for Nashville. I really don't. Um. Anyway, on that note, we are brought to you by the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there today. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account, and you can get $200 in bonus bets when you bet $1 on college football. You might want to take some of that money and bet it on CU. Uh, obviously, the big win last weekend. Uh, I don't even know who they're playing. Oh, they're playing Nebraska this week. So that's like free money betting on CU. They're going to beat <laughs> Nebraska. That happens literally every time they play. So uh, go bet on that. You can go bet on a bunch of other stuff. Once you put the $1 down on any college football game, the $200 in bonus bets can go wherever you want. You can uh, put a bet down on the abs. You can go put a bet down on Chicago not making the playoffs. Don't think you'll get very good odds on that bet, but you can put it down if you want. Uh, wherever you want to go with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make your bets. Head on over to DraftKingsSportsbook.com today. Sign up with that DNVR code to get the $200 in bonus bets after you place your $1 bet. 
<clears throat> in college football, excuse me. And then, of course, you must be in Colorado, must be 21 or older. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash football terms for more details. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. And the bonus best expires seven days after issuance. Uh, then, when you win some money from DraftKings, take that money and head over to Illegal Pete's. Uh, you can get over to Illegal Pete's at 11 different locations here in Colorado. Delicious burritos. You cannot go wrong with the Illegal Pete's burrito. Uh, we get them all the time. I had my buddy ordering them the other day as we were hanging out, and he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I just prefer these over Chipotle. It's just the reality of an Illegal Pete's burrito. They're just better. So go check them out. They also have a great happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m. so you can get your margaritas on. Uh, one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. Great place to pregame if you're coming to hang out at the bar for a football game or something like that. Go check out your Illegal Pete's location today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We can start moving in to some of these other teams in the central. Yeah, which I, I trust you. All right. We're going to the top of the central here. Dallas Stars. This one is it's kind of a collision of two things. You have on the younger side, on the up and coming, Jason Robertson, Rupe Haynes, uh, both getting paid well. And then you have Jamie Penn getting paid more than all of them on the latter half of his career. Stars were the winners of our middle six value show we think they had the best middle six of the group are they up at the top with this top six too or do you think it's it's not quite there yet i really don't want to admit this but i actually (laughs) think they are extracting some of the most value again in the top of the lineup and it has a lot to do with jason robertson's contract which was just highway robbery but i think that especially in the regular season jason robertson has more than delivered And because he is on such a value contract, I even don't think his postseason has been bad. I just think that he expects more of himself. And that's where Dallas, like beyond this conversation, still has some questions is can they go across the finish line with this current team as it's constructed? Because on paper, it does look fantastic. I do like that top line. I like the way the rest of the forward group lays out because they're still – a Matt Duchesne somewhere in there coming That's off a 56-point season. Is he on a third line after a 56-point season? He might be, given <laughs> just how well organized this forward group is. Looking at next year, there's still a Tyler Sagan after a 50-point season, I think a 49-point season before that. He might not be the player that he once was, but that's production that Colorado would certainly like to have on a second or a third line that we're not certain they're going to get from each player too in their own middle six. And so in looking at these things, it's not to get too high on Dallas, but they do look really good. I I agree. I agree. And the viewer said he's scary. I mean, they're scary. I I agree. I think (laughs) this is a scary team this year. Um, This is a team I I don't like. Uh, on being here Understandable. They didn't like each other. Uh, You know, the Red Wings, sure, you know, but Dallas is a team that – but I have to agree, looking at that screen, looking at what you guys did like last week or a couple of yep. maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, middle six, right? You know, value and all that stuff. Um, that's that's a good team. Um, Robertson, I mean, 
boy, that's that's he's a superstar, you know. And uh, and I really like best name in hockey, Rupe Hints. <laughs> doesn't get better than that, right? I mean, this is a good player. I mean, I really enjoy him. And and Jamie Ben, give him credit. You know, what I mean, he had a good year last year, Absolutely, obviously. Yeah. And you know, he's their leader, he's their captain, and he's a big body there. And I mean, they got that. As long as he stops falling on people. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got that superstar on D, right? You know, in Heiskanen. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, for McCarr, he's for real. Absolutely. He's for real. And then one of the best goalies. And I'm a big Jay Conjure fan. I, I I do believe this. This is how I know we picked the right guy to join yeah. the show. Yeah. We, we like Conjure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, he's going to win a Vezina here in the next yeah. couple of seasons. I, he's, hey, listen, I'm a big fan. I, I've seen him do things these last couple of years. Now, if I go back to like four years ago watching him play like, in the Myers, I'm like, Oof. I'm like, wow, that's a tough pick they got there. You know what I mean? And you know, and then you start. Well, I mean, you got to give him credit. Like, it's it's not always easy to to leave college and yep. jump into pros. And he had a tough start. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's he's very dominant right now. And uh, his progression's been outstanding. And this guy's a leader on their team. He's going to be one of their best players. And yeah. You look at that line there, they have that star power. They have that, you know, uh, Robertson is their McKinnon, right? He's mm -hmm. their Ranton. He's, you know, he's a guy that can take over a game and very smooth, by the way, too. And then you want to let me know he's like 6'3 or whatever. He's a yeah, tall, he's a he's tall not guy. small. Yeah. He's not a small guy. I always thought of him like as a smaller guy. And I, I think his brother's a bit smaller. Still plays kind of small. Yeah, I know he does, you know, but he's, but he's so, you know, silky and smooth and, He's got some 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 confidence, right? This guy plays with confidence, fun to watch. And again, like, I don't like talking about the stars like that, but it's uh, <laughs> they're going to be. Uh, I, I think in the West, they're going to be a team you're going to see at the top there. I think Jim Nil does a great job. You know, uh, I think he's got this team where he always wanted to have it. You know, he's got that Detroit Red Wings background, right? You know, what I mean, obviously he worked there for so many years, and but I think he's uh, he's done a good job, and this is a team that's going to be at the top of the standings and and i do believe you want to be at the top of the standings usually uh you, you need some firepower on your top line and as yep. we just saw in the graphic they do have firepower is is j-rob there has he experienced enough losing yet is he ready <laughs> to win or is he still a little raw uh you, you robertson you mean yeah yeah i mean you know I think I again I don't know his personality. Sure. It's hard to judge, you know. What I mean, because we don't see those guys every day. But he looks to me like to be more on a quiet side of things, right? I you agree. Know what I mean, yeah. and, I, and I think that's why to have a Ben next to him. Ben looks to have a <laughs> pretty big mouth, and you know, what I mean, like yep. you're a leader. I mean, you're a captain. Usually, you're able to speak. I'm not not that Robertson don't speak, but yeah, I mean. Can he take over? You you would think that this guy can do even better than last year. You know what I mean? Because he is. Just hitting this prime, right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? He's, what is he, 23 or... Something like something that, Something yeah. like that, you know? So you would think he can repeat that and and even do better uh, than last year. So I think he's one of those next superstars in the league that everybody talks about, yeah. All right. Well, I've got to figure out a way to beat that. <laughs> uh, let's go to their other hated team in Minnesota. <laughs> While she's loading it, I think the other thing that Dallas has to their advantage is beyond just the high skill upside of production, they have a mix of different types of players, the veteran presence of yep. a Jamie Benn and a Pavelski type, yep. but they also have a little bit of sandpaper in their depth in Mason Marchment. I know that people have mixed feelings about him, but the production was still there for a depth player at 31 points. Like yep. we are looking to Logan O'Connor like we would also like. For you to have if, 31 points. If and Logan O'Connor gets 31 points, we're over the moon, I think. He had but. 26 <laughs> points. Gustav yeah. Nyquist had 27. 
Yeah. And we were talking about him in a top line role. <laughs> I think that's where, though, the balance of Dallas is yeah. observed in the types of players that they have, even in their depth. Ty Delandria, yeah. another up and coming player yep. that I think yep. they can get excited about in the forward group as well. Maybe the graphic is ready. Oh, the wild one not make it? Great. That's uh, interesting. I was excited to talk about Boldy. I mean, we can talk oh, about it without, talk the, about without the graphic, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really hard for me to judge teams like the wild. When your best player is a winger <laughs> in Kaprizov, you have to build a very specific way. And, and don't get me wrong, Matt Boldy has come in there and, and been great, yeah. but it's just... As you're saying, it's so hard to be a driver from the wing. It, it is, and he, and he is he is outstanding. I mean, I, I mean yeah, it's awesome. You'd love to have him on your team, and and I think they've been in a tough situation, uh, you know, with, sure. the buyouts, with the buyouts, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, Suter and Parisi, uh, Billy's Garen. I'm a fan. Uh, not a guy that was fun to play against. Uh, I think he's done a good job. You know, I, I think he learned the ropes and. In Pittsburgh and how how to do things and I, I think he's a confident guy. He's a guy that's not he's got a personality, that's for sure. And he's trying to translate that to 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 their team and and I think they've they've moved on from the Zuckers the last couple of years and uh, you know, uh, guys that have been there really didn't you know, their problem is a little bit like the Avs a couple of years ago, right? They can't get out of the first round, right? Yeah. They make the playoffs but they don't get out. Um so I think that's a little frustrating for them. And, and you're right, you know, Kaprizov's on the wing. And, and Matt Boldy, I'm a big fan, a big fan. Uh, sky's the limit for, for him. But is he there yet? Maybe not. You know what I mean? And you got to remember, when you're a top-line guy, like you're playing against the best, like, yep. usually defenseman on the he other team. He gets McKinnon five you're, times you're, a night. Or you're going head-to-head against, you know, yep. a yeah. superstar like McKinnon. Uh, I mean, there's only one biscuit on the ice, right? So you're chasing it, right? So at some point, if you don't have the biscuit, it's tough. Yeah. Um, so if you're playing top line minutes, it's not easy. I believe uh, it. It's easy. I, I mean, it's easy to go in the third, fourth line, and and then and if you have like a guy like Nate that double shifts or whatever, sure. you should be able to produce on the fourth <laughs> line. Like you know what I mean? Because you're playing against fifth, sixth D's, and usually fourth lines, and especially at home because you don't have the matchup. Uh, but but for guys like Boldy to see you know like get out there and be a first line guy all year long and to, uh, to play every night against like you know Makar Hedman or you know the top end guys is a big difference than to, than yeah. to play against you know a call up because there's injuries and you know so no doubt. so you got to be ready for that you got to be ready to, mentally to challenge for that I think the Wild is just I don't know like they're just. I think they're trying to do the right thing, and they're trying their best to piece it together. Um, but I, I don't think they're a threat. I think unlike Arizona, who's been able to make moves that are a step in the right direction, Minnesota has been imprisoned by Cap yeah. Hell, and they've yeah. been very limited in what the, they've been able to to make changes to their team. And I think they are trying to make the right moves, but it's been really difficult for them. I think Gustafson was a great choice to sort of address goaltending for Minnesota. So I'm yep. excited for that. I'm a little uncertain about Eriksson-Eck's health um, yeah. after the end of this last year yep. and hope that he can return to the same player that he was prior to getting injured. But that's always yep. such an uncertainty. 
I won't put that about him, on him though necessarily. Like he could be fully healthy come the start of the season, and I hope that's the case. But it it's still just a team that I don't think has done enough to fully move the needle, like a St. Louis, who I'm sure we'll talk about as yep, well. Yep. It just isn't quite there yet for me. Um, I do like the promise of a young player like Boldy, though. But in the same conversation, when we talk about Bedard, that is a lot of pressure for a young player to sort of be someone that they look to to drive. And I don't think Boldy can do that. I don't know if Eric Sinek is healthy. And Kaprizov, he is what he is, which is a superstar. But he, can, he's, he can do it. It's just... It's like the Ryan O'Reilly and Nashville conversation. Right. They need a little bit right. more in their supporting cast, and that's yep. where I'm at with Minnesota. And they just can't. They that's... still have a terrific defense, yeah, too. Yeah, I... in how, but, you know, when we're talking solely about top line, that's where they I think Minnesota has more to give. $14 million worth of better forwards that they yeah. can't buy right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it really does feel like Minnesota is just going to be stuck in that, hey, we can make the playoffs middle until they get through these buyouts, and then we'll see. Um, all right. Winnipeg or St. Louis, what should we do? Tiff says Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, this team still has a good top line. These are three really good players in the NHL. Uh, obviously, Ehlers had some injury trouble last year. But... I genuinely don't know if two of these three guys will be here come the trade deadline. <laughs> so, Shifley's gone. Yeah, like it, that's. I'm looking at this top line. I'm saying, like, is every other team in the league going? Boy, what what would it cost to get one of these guys? More than hey, how well have they built this team? Shifley, you know, if he's not gone at the deadline, he's almost certainly gone in the off season. So, Winnipeg has some decisions to make here. I do want to give them credit for building a good top end, though. Uh, I think they did a good job of that. It just didn't work out. Why? I mean, I'll jump in there. I mean, I think it's same thing. I think it's been a little stale. I mean, we need AJ here on this one. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> he, he would know. Yeah, I, I just feel it's been a little stale in the last, you know, with their core. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just been a little stale. They've, they've had some good seasons. And then they're, you know, they get a little bit of success in the playoffs. And then, you know, again, a little bit of success. And then it's not really going anywhere. And now and now you see, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but Hellebuck, you know, there was that rumor. That he's like, oh, I, I think I he's putting words in his mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm not staying there or I'm going to test the free agent market. And I, it doesn't seem like a group that's very cohesive, uh, you know, all the way through uh, with their yeah. coaching staff to, to management. To, uh, Chevy does a good job. Like, he's done a great job. He's a great hockey guy. And then, you know, uh, bonus came in last year, right? And then, uh, I don't know, they just don't seem to be on the same page. I'm talking about the players and where this is going and their superstar goalie and... Um, I love. I did not think you were gonna be the vibes guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. You're just play, I, Winnipeg's all vibes. Yeah, and they're, they're bad ones. There's some bad vibes. Not some good vibes to me. Like, I don't know. As a fan, like, it's just not good vibes. I'm, uh, I, I, you know, Shifley. Like you said, is he, is he gone? Is he gone? Yeah. Is he, you, know, you know, probably. I'm a big Connor fan, though. I, I got to be honest with you. Like, he's got like 
He just looks like a hockey player with that hair. You're all about the flow. You know huh? what I mean? The flow is like, hey, he looks like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he gets it done. You know, what a good player. Man, smart player. And I mean, I, well, I'm impressed by him. You know what I mean? If you're plays in Winnipeg, you don't watch a lot of Winnipeg games and you happen to watch one of these games, you don't know, watch this guy. Like he's, he's, he's a solid player. I'm a fan. And uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I think there'll be some distractions there with Shifley. I think there'll be some. Yeah. Who knows? And and Ehlers is a good player as well. Like we saw that he's he's you know again he's he compliments higher end guys and um, you know good player when when healthy and uh, smart two way guy and but but I think I mean is this a team that can they really go with with you know with that line there I I don't think so no you know I would say yeah. no that that would be a no for me. I think there's. A little bit of distraction, like you said, in the uncertainty surrounding players like Shifley and Hellebuck. And I think that players like that were a big reason why they were able to sneak into the playoffs last year. And that's where I have some concern about their ability to do it again, because there are still pieces. Like I really, in losing PLD, I like the addition of Velarde, I follow. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of goes into the depth conversation. I think they keep on Nino Niederreiter after a 41-point season. That's great depth, right? So like beyond just the top line, there are still some important pieces here. And then obviously another year potentially of Hellebuck in net is also such a strength for the Jets. But beyond this year and even inside of it, depending on if players do jump shift and moves are happening, I don't know about the longevity of it all. Like I, I just don't think past this year, they have some decisions to make. They're going to have to replenish even more because I have a feeling that they're going to lose some of what they currently have. And it was so much of their success last year. Yeah. I mean, look, teams get driven from the top, right? And the message from the top guys in Winnipeg right now is I don't want to be here. Which is so, bad. Exactly. Hard to, hard to win when that's the message. Did you think it got better last year? I thought it seemed like a more cohesive group from the year before. Yeah, until the off-season happened. Until the off-season <laughs> happened, and you're absolutely right. I take it all back. It just yeah. felt like, even when they came into town being in that room, it, it felt like, oh, this isn't so bad. This yeah, seems like it, a lively, jolly it bunch. It seemed fine, and then everyone was like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> when they had the off-season. Vibes bad. <laughs> yeah, vibes bad. Confirm. Yeah, and I think it's hard, and I'm I'm a fan of uh, Velarde. I am. Yeah. I mean, I like him. Uh, I like where he you know, came from with his back injuries, and... You know, this guy worked hard to, to get on top of his game and to have a success. And then mm -hmm. now you walk into a room like that, same thing. You know, it's like, really? Like, it's weird. Oh, these guys don't seem to want to be here. Is this true? Not true? I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird feeling, you know, I think. And you're, you know, he's a young man and trying to forge a career. And I don't know. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just, I just don't like what I see. I'll, I'll take your word for it. You're yeah. the one who's been, been in the front office. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we have St. Louis, and then uh, we have the, the big teams after that. So here's the thing. I actually really like St. Louis's top line. I don't think they have a true superstar. They don't have a Jameson Robertson. They don't have a Nathan McKinnon. But at least in the regular season, Robert Thomas has been extremely productive for them. Obviously, Jordan Cairo's breakout has been uh, maybe a bit unexpected, but one that has worked well for uh, St. Louis. And then Buchnevich is a player I've always really, really liked. I think he's probably a little over his head on a top line, but has been productive. You're getting good value on that contract. 
The problem is they're paying $22 million for three guys that are really good but not great. And then the rest of their lineup is kind of all over the place. Um, obviously, their defense eating up a ton of their money. In the same way, it's hard for Winnipeg, where if they have guys at the top that don't want to be here, I don't know that they have guys at the top that are strong enough to carry them where they need to go. I've made St. Louis the object of my bullying a lot this season. <laughs> I really like that line. It, like, in the same way that Colorado, we're talking about, you know, maybe Arturi Lekkinen's on the top line and maybe Mika Rantanen elevates the second line at points that season. I could see something similar with St. Louis, but the problem is it's not interchangeable with players like Arantanen. Yep. I'd say Lekkinen is in the caliber of Buchnevich and. I think Kyrie's a step above that a little bit, Thomas as well, but they also have a little bit to live up to in the contracts that they just signed that they had kind of a disappointing year coming off of that, yep. in my opinion. So they have some room to then live up to that contract a little bit better, especially assuming the top line role full time, because they're kind of the only people who can. Like, I still think Braden Shen's a fine player, kind of on the second line role off of a 65-point season. I, I think Saad, too, like what we saw in Colorado, we really like that player and would have liked to have yeah. him still in Colorado yeah. now. That's that's not bad, but Kevin Hayes doesn't fully move the needle for me. I think I he's, again, a fine, maybe like middle six player. I, I think that's a fine addition, but I don't believe in Kasperi Kapanen. I think the one thing I will give them some credit for is in the same vein that the Avs are taking a chance on Druen, Rana is a player that sure. I think could elevate their forward group in a necessary way, but on the whole... It's just not jumping off the page at me. There isn't, like you said, a superstar. There are good players at the top in Thomas and Cairo, but beyond that, I think they need a little bit more. They would need like a Ryan O'Reilly type. You know, that would yeah. be so much of a better fit. It's funny I say that. <laughs> I didn't even mean to put him in the St. Louis conversation. I'm just thinking about they how... They come back. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, it's funny. That's exactly the type of player that they need, and they don't have. So obviously, too, then there's greater problems beyond this. Well, it's a, it's a good shout-out, though, because between O'Reilly and Tarasenko, they had to rebuild a good portion of their top six, if not their and top they line. they added Kevin Hayes, who is fine, but it's just like yeah. that didn't replenish what they needed. Yeah, I, I look at this top line, and I think, look, if that was your second line, it might be the best second line in the league. It'd be fantastic. But you're paying them to be a top line, and are they the... 15th best top line in the league. I, you know, they, I don't know that they can really live up to being a true top line. I agree because he, here's where it lies for me. Like they go, they win a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. And then obviously when you win, usually you get stripped down a little bit. And that's kind of what's happened, right? Yep. Like you said, Ryan and Tarasenko and, it's always easy to play second fiddle. Like it's always yeah. easy to be when you're not in the spot. That's right, yeah. and that's right. And then now you sign those guys to big tickets. Robert Thomas, eight million bucks a year, whatever it is, good player. But you got to give more. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 same with Cairo. Cairo, if you go back to his opportunity a couple of years ago here, uh, I think the first game of the season was that the the weird season with uh, you know with COVID and everything. Sure. I, I want to say St. Louis was in town here the first game of the season. He was a healthy scratch, and then someone tested positive for COVID. I don't yeah. remember who. And then he ended up playing like in the last minute, scored two goals that night. He seizing the opportunity. Never right? looked and back. Yeah. Never looked <laughs> back. Now he's become one of those. 
uh, players that they they thought they had. And you gotta remember, this guy had to go play in the minors. I yeah. watched him in the minors, and I'm like, I I, I don't know. Like, I, you really don't know. Like, I don't see it. You yeah. know what I mean? And this is a guy that ends up proving you wrong. You know what I mean? Which all of a sudden he's he's got his spot. Then he makes the money, and then comes the pressure of the money. I don't yeah. care what people say. There's pressure, and then now you're playing against top hand guys. Now you're and then you won, and then the O'Reillys, the cushion, the, the cushion is is gone, right? The safety valve is gone. Now you got to go play, and and for me, for that money, you, you got to produce more than you know, sixty five points. You got to give more, and you got to do, and you got to bring your team to the playoffs. And I just feel that, you know, go back to Paul Stastny. You know, like Paul had a strong start here, and you're you're you're. I don't want to word the word hide, but you're hiding behind. Joe Sackick. Sure. So Joe Sackick's getting the spotlight against the other teams. And then, you know, it's kind of, and then all of a sudden you signed that big contract. And then you, you were supposed whoop, to be that guy. Then you're yeah. that guy. And I'm not saying Paul never was, but I'm saying, you know, somewhere, somehow he, he, he wasn't. And that's not to diminish Paul's career. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, he did end up winning Stanley Cups and being the guy like, you know, like Nate McKinnon is, you know what I mean? Like, or, or whatever it is. Yep. Um, so I think St. Louis is in that jam right now where, you know, those guys are going to have to, the three guys we saw on the screen, they're going to have to step up. Even if it's Bushnevich, I agree with you. He's not, you know, he's probably not a first-line guy, you know, uh, but he's a good player, and he did produce for what he is. But now I think it's those, especially the two guys, Cairo and Thomas, if that's your team, yep. then you got to lead your team They've got to be the guys. That's right. Yep. Uh, all right. All these top-line players trying to get the money that they deserve. If you want to get the money you deserve... Call Bacchus and Shanker, 222-2222 today. Go over to coloradolaw.net if you'd rather do it online. If you've been in any situation where you've been injured and it's not your fault, if it was a car accident, even if you weren't driving, it was a rideshare thing, or if you've been injured at work, if you're downtown and got run over by a scooter like is happening to everyone these days, uh, you can call Bacchus and Shanker. They'll give you a free consultation. If they think you have a case, they will take your case on for nothing. You do not pay for anything until you win your case. They're just trying to get you the money you deserve. Uh, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients here in Colorado over the last 25 years or so. So they're very good at getting you that money. Again, call the two number or go to coloradolaw.net today to get your free consultation with Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, and then also brought to you by uh, the folks over at My Phone is Loading. Uh, Shady Rays. Yeah, thank you. Shady Rays. Uh, look, I was not a sunglasses guy for a lot of my life. I didn't like them, didn't wear them. And then we got sponsored by Shady Rays. And now stared at the sun. Yeah, I just dealt with it. Went yeah. blind. It was fine. No. Not a big deal. But now I wear my Shady Rays every day when I walk my dog. So it's a good deal. Let me tell you. I much prefer this version than the version of me slowly going blind. It's significantly better. They make a great product. Lots of people love them. Five stars by over 250,000 people. Tons of different designs. Something that everybody will like. And when you use code DNVR, when you purchase two pairs or more, you get 50% off your entire order. That's essentially like buy one and get one free. Uh, go check them out if you haven't. ShadyRays.com. Uh, and if you don't like your pair, you break them, you lose them. In the first 30 days, they'll replace them absolutely for free. So go try them out. Check them out at ShadyRays.com. Or they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcasts. Let's get into the big three here. Let's start with Tampa's. 
Uh, yeah, we'll get to Vegas too. Um, I think Vegas is, is an interesting one. Tampa, it's pretty hard to argue with what they have here. Kucherov, fantastic, has been at the top of the league for a long time now. Point has fully come into his own as a true top line guy. And I get it. These, these, this is one where it's like Colorado. You will see these guys rotate down to a second line. But these are Lightning's top producers. Stamkos continues to, to find the fountain of youth here and, mm-hmm. and produce like a madman. I will say they are paying a lot of money to these three players. So they absolutely have to get this production out of them. How much longer can Tampa keep doing this? <laughs> It's interesting because some of why they've been able to afford being able to keep doing this is finding great value contracts for their depth, which has been good. They've usually capitalized on that very well. But in now paying Hagel and Sorelli also big money, they're investing a lot of money in the top of their lineup. And it's going to make then finding those value contracts for the bottom of it so much more difficult because I really like the player that Hagel has ascended to in Tampa. And Sorelli, you know, coming off of, shoulder surgery is still also a great two-way player that in the same way that I talked about the mix of players in Dallas, Tampa does have that as well. They have that in the obvious high skill upside in the production that they're getting from their top line, but they have players like Sorelli who bring more than just production as well to the table. I still really like where Tampa is situated, but it's starting to look like it'll be much more difficult to repeat the level of success they've had because they are starting to invest term and big money in the top of their lineup, yeah. as they should. You know, that's not a criticism. Totally. You look at that production, and that is worth paying for. Yeah. But that is where they start to get a little bit of a challenge in how they round out the bottom of that lineup. I, I like lineups that are top-heavy. You know I mean? Sure. If you look at the abs, I'm a fan of the lineup. If you look at Tampa, I'm a fan of the lineup, and i tell you why. Now, can they keep this up? I don't know. <laughs> but what I do know is if you look at the last five Stanley Cup finalists. I a lot mean, of top-heavy teams there. Yeah, Pretty top-heavy teams, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... With you incredible need, depth. You're not with wrong. That, no, no, that's right. But, no, and, and I... Hey, listen, I'm a depth guy. Like, I, I... Oh, hey, you know what I mean? Like, yes, for the depth, right? You know, but... But you can't win without superstars. I, I'm convinced, you know what I mean? And... Now it's starting to see, can you win without a superstar goalie? Well, I mean, it's starting to be that trend a little bit. I mean, you know, with the Aswood Kemper, and I don't believe he's a superstar goalie, but I do believe he was good. You know but what I mean? Like, that's arguably the deepest team in the last 20 that, years. That's, that's what it takes to win without a superstar goalie. It's like goalie. The, the wings back right. then winning, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you, you can make that argument about Osgood, or, you know, like him or not. You know, he's got the numbers, but... You know, a lot of people were saying, can you win with Osgood? Then they finally did, right? Then, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off himself <laughs> there, but, you know, good for him. But um, I, I just think that you do need, and I agree with you, the depth, and, you know, and that's what made them, right, with yep. those Goudreau and those trades, and you overpay, but you go for it. But somewhere, you know, those guys help you win when I think that the superstars make you win, you know what I mean? And if you have the good combo you're pretty lethal. And that's why those guys went three years in a row. That's why the abs are going to get back to it this year, in my mind, you know. Look, it doesn't matter how good your depth is if your top line's minus two every night, right? 100%. And those guys have to buy in. And you got guys that have bought in over there, right? The Stamco is the brain point. Brain point plays hockey the right way. I mean, Mm -hmm. it gets 95 points a year. Is this high? And, you know what I mean? It'll play (laughs) through anything. 
And you're like, wow, this guy's so good, right? I mean, yep. how'd they find this guy? You know what I mean? And it was a late pick, right? I don't yep. remember what he was, I, but he was a late, late pick. rounder, yeah. Late rounder. And no, the, when you hit on those guys, like, and then Stamkos is your leader and he's your your captain, and, and everybody falls into into place with the Killorns and like Sorelli. I mean, that's a guy that's one in juniors. And, you know, obviously, is he going to price himself out one day? Maybe, you know, because he's that good, right? You know what I mean? That's somewhere he's not a superstar, but he's a guy you would overpay, but he can only work in so many places. We'll see if he can still work in Tampa. He can come work um, in Colorado if they want to give him away. Well, exactly. <laughs> and everybody's been saying Killorn is. You know, he's gone out of Tampa last week. Yeah. So we all know what happened and everything. But it's, you know, he was still there. And then he still found himself with, you know, a lot of money in Anaheim, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's a lot of money. So guys like that are valuable. I agree with Megan. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you got to have the right mix, you know. But without superstars, it's tough to, to get there. You know what I mean? It's such a fine line with this league. And, you know, I believe that Tampa's had it. But we'll see it. How much and, and then they got the big cat in that. I'm a big fan, you know. Yeah. Obviously, that's uh, yeah. he's wow, best this guy's this he's yeah. he is, he yeah. is the best for me, you know. Um, so it's kind of you know, and then you got the big guy, Edmund, that you know, obviously can again, like we talked about Makar yesterday, like 30 minutes a night. Well, this is a guy that 30 minutes a night, it's pretty tough to get to the other team's net, you know. He, this guy's a superstar, so it's as easy as spend all your money on good players, yeah. <laughs> well, Especially when they can continue to find pretty good value. Like yeah, that's they, it. They're that's hoping fair. Tanner Janot right. will have that a good out, year. You know. And he still can. So Which they, one's that? Who's that? Tanner Janot yeah, from yeah, Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He still can. Yep. And so that's where they could get a lot of value. Um, and then Nick Ball, another that, you know, I, committed I'm to, not yeah. here to say that Tampa has doesn't have the depth going into next year. They they still have that possibility as well. So yep. another pretty well-rounded team that looks very good on paper and has executed as well, too. They have the track record of actually going out and doing these things successfully. So another very good team on paper. Well-coached. Yep. Well-coached. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, Cooper's amazing. This guy can talk. I respect and, him you know, so much, Cooper. And Brisbane does a good job. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like that he goes for it. I mean, he goes for whatever he feels. If he feels it's overpaying, then it doesn't matter because he's sh showing his locker room that he's trying to win, and I love that. I think that's a big uh, thing he brings to his team. Well, how about a team that's willing to spend well beyond the cap ceiling in Vegas? Can't, can't say they don't pay their players, that's for sure. And look, Jack Eichel makes this top line, right? Uh, he was their guy. They went out and got him. And obviously it all came together for them last year. Mark Gisot's a solid piece. I don't know that he's really a true top line guy, kind of similar to that Bush Navish conversation. But you have this weird situation with Mark Stone where when he's in the lineup, he's absolutely that good. <laughs> but you're going to get 30 regular season games out of him a year maybe? I, is it worth it for Vegas to just keep going forward like this? Can they just say, hey, we'll have Stone for the playoffs and it'll be fine? <laughs> they go for it, right? Like of you course, said, I mean, they go course, for it. Yeah. And I remember it being a couple years ago when they were they were in the Eric Carlson like, uh, sweepstake, and then for some reason they didn't get it. And I remember the owner not being very satisfied about that. Like, hey, we go for it. And then... Obviously, then the next few years, it looked like they were going after the you know new toy, right? You know what I mean? Which obviously worked out for them. Yeah, yeah But, you know, they, it was Pacioretty or it was uh, Peter Angelo or then it was Eichel or, you know what I mean? So, and the guys, 
took it wrong a little bit there. Uh, it, Blair is on, on the team of the fans, you know what I mean, where they fell in love with their misfits. They fell in love yeah. with that, you know, that team, the inaugural season and the tragedy. And it was just something that was so crazy. And uh, the people fell in love with them, identified with them. And it was, a, it was a love affair. And then, you know, obviously you only have a few left, right, of the misfits. And, and if you look at that graphic, there, Marshall Souls there. He's there for a reason. I think you got to, he's a little bit like Claude Lemieux, uh, I, I'm going to say, in a sense that, He's not afraid to, to to speak his mind, and you know he's not. Sometimes you gotta live with him, you know, in a season like you're saying. He <laughs> might not be a first line guy, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you one thing: you want a clutch guy. There's a reason they kept him, and maybe they wanted to get rid of him at some point, and they didn't. It fell through, but I mean, this guy won the consmite, right? Yep. Claude won the consmite. Those guys show up in the playoffs. They show up at the right time, and. Boy, oh boy, was he clutch in the playoffs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I, obviously, I think took a lot of pressure away from a guy like Eichel, right? Like we talked about, never sure. been in the playoffs, and then now here he is. And, you know, with all the, 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 the shenanigans from the couple years before with Buffalo and that trade. And, and, and Mark Stone is a legit number you know, one. Like you said, he's just got to be healthy. And, again, that's another guy they went and got, Mark Stone, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, they, let's go after the... There's always the next guy yeah, they the go out and guy. get. Yeah. This guy's a leader. He plays a lot like Ryan, right, O'Reilly? Like, he yep. steals puck. No, I've never seen a guy, like, with that. His knob is as big as, like, you know, this thing. And it's like, <laughs> how can you hold on to a stick? But And he just knocks pucks down and steals pucks like Ryan does. I mean, this guy plays hockey the right way, and he's their ultimate leader. And I think that... It took a lot of pressure away from from Michael. Like uh, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy to be the vocal guy. And then Marshall so is he's not afraid to talk, and and he's he's got that confidence, that swag, and uh, you know I think that's why it was a good mix, you know, for those two to be together. Obviously, when they added Barbashev, that was um, I wanted the Avs to get Barbashev. I kept saying, oh God, you know, gotta find a way to get Barbashev. And this is another guy, you know, that you probably have to overpay now, right? You know what yep. I mean? But you know, he brings it when he has to bring it in the playoffs. And this is a guy you, again, you're talking about the depth and you win. It helps you win. You know what I mean? And and those are the, exactly what he did in St. Louis, exactly what he did in Vegas. It, go ahead. And Barbashev, he elevated what he had done from St. Louis to Vegas. It was such a good fit for him. I can, he has, you know, a similar AAV to Marcheseau in what they extended him for, as they should have, because Barbashev, had such a great impact on them, not only in contributing production, but the sandpaper side of his game. That's honestly true, I think, of a lot of Vegas's forward group, too. And then the great year that Chandler Stevenson had as well is equally a part of this conversation, like could be an interchangeable piece on that top line as well. You look at what Mark Stone does in the playoffs and you ask, you know, can they afford to have him miss so much of the regular season and his 24 points in 22 games for the playoffs is exactly why they can because they can be competitive enough in the regular season to be playoff contenders they get across that finish line honestly pretty handily too because they also experienced different injuries throughout the regular season and it was fine i think that having stone be the player that he can be in the playoffs is why they are getting tremendous value from their top line and Eichel, in his playoff performance specifically, made me such a believer. I wasn't quite sure if Vegas had made the right call, if he had the star power enough that they needed for the top line. And I really do believe in that now in Eichel for Vegas. Oh. This is still a scary team, too. Like the, yep. oh, There's yeah. a reason these teams were saved for the end of this podcast, and it's because beyond just the top line, they're competitive. 
yeah. in other places. Chandler Stevenson is their ace in the hole, really. I don't know if Aiden Hill can repeat the That's performance their big in question that. Mark it's for a sure. huge yeah. question mark, but who am I to judge? Like the Avs <laughs> took a huge gamble on Georgiev, and, and it worked. So yeah. far, it has really paid off. So. Who am I to judge that kind of a risk? Avs are taking a couple different chances on players this year as well. Now, goaltending is a really different position to take a risk on, <laughs> yeah. but he definitely had a playoff performance that supports a little bit of that risk as well. So Vegas is another team that I think is going to pose a problem in the West. Love their decor. I love their decor. And then... Uh, it's not. It's a little old for me, but... Yeah, is it, all right, that's all right. But it was like, I mean, for me, like Hagen... White Cloud is five six. Yeah, their depth I mean? is wow. their depth I mean, is very good. Day, I agree you know? with that. And then, yeah. and, and I love the fact that you both touched on Stevenson. You know, for me, that's pro scouting. You know, what I mean, like you you watch a guy, you know, he's going to be available, and he's in you know Washington, and you know, on the fourth line, you're getting those those crappy minutes, and you, it, it's tough. And it, yep. you, you got to just kind of figure out, like, okay, if we put him in this situation, can he deliver? Wow, this guy's delivered. I mean, this is you're talking about the last few years, probably one of the best. You know, small, I'm talking about small trade, you know what yep. I mean? Or is that a trade or waivers? I don't know. Uh, but I it forget. was one of those two. I mean, I it was remember. like, again, it was a very small trade if it was, <laughs> or it might have been waivers. But uh, either way, a great move. Either way, it's yeah. a great move that's paying off big dividends. Um, all right, finally, the team you're all here for, the Avs. Uh, look, we've said it a lot. Obviously, their top two lines are super fluid, so guys are going to move around the lineup. But you have McKinnon and Lekkinen who really do play together. Sure, you might see Nachushkin fill that role. Sure, Druid might end up on this line, whatever. Uh, but those two at the top are pretty much infallible when it comes to McKinnon and Rantanen. The only guys that really come close in the Central Division for me is Robertson. Maybe Kaprizov, I guess. But, but those two are just two of the best players, certainly in the Central Division, honestly, the entire league. And then Lekkinen, he does fall into that category of, you know, maybe he's really more of a second liner, but he plays a specific role that the team likes on that top line. Smart player. I mean, like, and I'm a fan. Like, and yeah, you're right. I mean, do you consider that? No, but he's a compliment for first-line players. Yep. I don't mind having guys like that with, with, with first-line guys like McKinnon because... You know, they know how to play. They know how to, you know, be a safety valve for those guys, right? So maybe these guys can cheat. I hate the word cheat, you know, because you know, I don't think you can cheat much in this league and, and get rewarded. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think that he helps. Uh, I, I like the firepower. I like the numbers. It is what it is. You're going to have to pay for your superstars. Those guys deliver. Um, do I think that, I think we touched on a little bit yesterday, like, can you, you know, can you split McKinnon and... And especially we, this is where you see where Gabe kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, not, for sure. Not kind of. He does hurt that he's not. That's not his fault, obviously. But uh, do you split, uh, you know, McKinnon and Ranton? I, I think you do. That's that's what I that's would. me. I would. Uh, I think Nate's big enough driver to to go back to the hey, you know, again, I'm going back to the older days of the ads. But Joe Sackick, you know, people tend to forget. Like, yeah, he was playing with Hey Duke and, and Tangay, which was an outstanding line. But before that, for, for many years, he's playing with Scott Young on the right side. And I love Ducky Young. Great, great <laughs> teammate. But again, not a first-line guy, right? Sure. You know what I mean? More like a Lekkanen, you know what yep. I mean? Like, reliable guy, great teammate, great shot. Um, and, and, and Joe made him better. Yep. You know what I mean? And on the left side, I mean, you had like, 
you know, uh, Chris Simon for a while. Then you had like, I mean, like I said, even I played there for for a month or so. Then you had Keith <laughs> Jones, and you know, never like superstars. You know what I mean? And sure. Joe made everybody better. Uh, and then Den Marsh playing his off wing there. I, I'm big Adam Den Marsh fan, great friend of mine. Um, I love the guy. You know what I mean? And, and shout out to him. Like he's one of my all time favorites. Uh, but you know. Not a superstar, yeah. you know what I mean? Adam's a rotating a cast exactly. there for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 it was a good fit for Joe. You know, so I don't know. I like seeing Lekin in there. I mean, I don't know who you put there if you you know switch it up a little bit, but you know, I'm I'm sure that there's gonna be some audition like you said with Drew and then you know again yep. that's that was a small. I'll let you talk about that because I don't want to steal your <laughs> your your thunder on Drew. Oh no! I feel like he's actually the Drew. I'm, I'm probably oh, the, oh, the Drew. Oh, no, I'm excited about the, the okay, chance that they're taking because on the whole, too, this could be of extreme value. Like, say you put Nishushkin on the top line, that then becomes kind of an expensive top line. I like forgot about in, him. In <laughs> place. I know. It, well, it, it's worth talking yeah. about because there's some uncertainty around. Will he play the full length of the season? Can he stay healthy? Because coming off of a year where he had lingering discomfort from his ankle, does that continue to persist? Because even through the lingering discomfort, he is still such a productive player that I am not counting on that being where he falters. I think it's just, will he be available for all 82 games or not? Sure. Because I think the production from Nichushkin will continue to be close to a point per game the same as it was last year um and so if he is on that top line then that is a, a pretty expensive top line but the production is there certainly yep. it's there no matter what between mckinnon rantanen and some combination of that it will always be there yep. which is why i think they can afford to mix and match a little bit add the heavy forechecking presence of nachushkin up there alongside his production or lekanen's heavy forechecking presence that's where it's interesting then is I'm more curious about the second line and how these two operate together because I agree. Ryan Johansson probably needs a little support to acclimate to the way that Colorado wants to play, the speed that they want to play at. I think that is where someone like Arantanen perhaps being alongside Johansson could be especially helpful um, to elevate that line and sort of baptize uh, Ryan Johansson into what is expected of him in Colorado. Similarly, though, that's where Drew Ann could add some fun dynamics to the creativity of the playmaking that is happening. I think that he could feed McKinnon on the top line in a way that would probably boost McKinnon's goal scoring production, yep. but also that is going to be contributions that are extremely valuable if Duran is the guy distributing the puck up there. And so that's where they start to get the value then. The Lekkonen and, and Duran contracts are extremely valuable in that top six, even though Nachushkins might come in a little bit high. And then Ryan Johansson at four mil because of yeah, what Nashville decided great, to retain. Ends up being a great deal if he performs. We yeah. were spoiled to see what Nazem Kadri was able to do in that role as the second line centerman. But yep. you can't knock the ways in which Colorado is trying to extract the most value then in how they've constructed this top six. Because yep. no matter who is up there, you have McKinnon and Rantanen, and that's really hard to argue against. Yep, uh, you, perfect way to say it, to be honest. And and I would not be surprised, especially in the first month of the season or so, if the Avs are experimenting with the top six and the second they find something that clicks with Johansson, just staple those two Keep together that, and yeah. go from there. And Drew, and I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I'm saying that great player. Um, you know, but he's in Tampa. Uh, 
things didn't go his way, right? <laughs> and next thing you know, there's a reason for that too. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, they go and win championships. And you know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's because they got rid of Jonathan Drew, and that's not what I'm saying. Obviously, they went and got Sergachev, and yeah. you know, wow, it worked out pretty good for Tampa. Yeah. Not so well for Montreal, <laughs> but. You know, Jonathan is still a good player. Uh, but then he has to find his way now to, to compliment maybe a McKinnon like he used to. So you're trying to rekindle that exactly. connection, right? But you also got to play the right way, too. Because the abs now Absolutely. have learned to play the right way these last couple of years. And that's why they've been successful. And that's why they've been at the summit with the Cup. So you have to be able to play the correct way, which we can have a, a, a full <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll do a show about that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a way to play uh, to be successful as a team, and there's a way to play to be successful as an individual. And I'm not saying Druin was that, but he wasn't there in Tampa for those well, years. Here's why I'm a believer in Druin. I don't think Montreal knew what the hell to do with him. They tried him at center. They tried him on the off wing. Obviously, there were issues beyond the rink there, but... If those crop up again, then, you know, it's probably not going to be a great season for him here in Colorado. But if he has those things sorted out, the Avs are going to give him every opportunity to be the best version of himself and succeed on the ice. As you said, he comes in here and he does not have to be the guy. He's a complimentary player, whether it's next to McKinnon, whether it's next to Johansson, whether it's next to Colton on the third line. He's not going to be the guy at the top of his line that they're asking to be the best player. And I think that's where the opportunity really shines for him. And, and it was tough in Montreal. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's from there. I'm from there. Yeah. And, and, and it's tough to be from the there. The media here it's, will be a lot easier to deal with. a lot easier for him to deal with this year. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Cut me off anytime. No, no. <laughs> it has to happen. Uh, yeah. We do got to wrap up here, but super quickly, speed rank. Central division, bottom Chicago, even with Bedard. Yes. Ask again at the end of the year. Maybe Bedard has changed that. Arizona next worst? Maybe Nashville? Oh, Nashville. I I really think Nashville's in for a disaster of a season. I really do. Honestly, I actually think they're going to scrape by from good goaltending. I I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I hope I'm wrong, too. I don't mean scrape by, like, I just, alongside Arizona, I think that's where they could have a little bit of an edge. Okay, so Arizona... In I seven. hate to put Arizona there, but I feel like I have to. Nashville, yeah. six? Yeah. Yes, for me. Yeah. And then five through three is some Minnesota, St. Louis, Winnipeg? I'm going to go Winnipeg. Winnipeg, five? Okay. Winnipeg, bo- Winnipeg bottom. I would do... Um, <laughs> I'm so outspoken about St. Louis, but... <laughs> <laughs> but let me think. Let me think about this more. Because we're we're strictly ranking top lines. Top yeah. lines, yes. I'm sorry, but like Cairo Kaprizov. Yeah, I, St. Louis, Minnesota. Okay, I'm here for all it. Right. I agree. Uh, all right, so Winnipeg five, St. Louis four, Minnesota three. Yeah. And then Dallas or Avs at one. I'm putting Dallas at one. Okay, fair I enough. Know that might be a hot take. That I hope ages poorly because I hope that. Johansson and Druen, or even Ross Colton, if he ends up on the second line. I hope that that pays out in a really big way that makes this a different conversation at the end of the year. And we're talking about abs at number one, no doubt. That's a, if you told me right now, hey, guaranteed Druen gets 60 points this year, you're putting abs at one. But there's just too many question marks there, right? Right. 
I'm going to go one. As one. You take it as go, one. All right. Dallas, like two, it. and I'll tell you why. Uh, expectations. I think Dallas will have bigger expectations right now uh, coming into this year. And I think that they might struggle at times with it. And that's why I give the nod to uh, the Avs. The experience. Dallas Dallas does have that pressure of they need to get over the hump, right? right. Yeah. The Avs have already won the one. That's so. right. I, I think <laughs> what we've learned from this show in the, the middle six show is that uh, Dallas, Colorado could be a war of the Titans this year in the in the central division. Pete DeBoer. Yeah, it's all, of course. It's go. always Pete DeBoer. Uh, we are going to get out of here for today's show. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yours on tap down here at the bar or find them anywhere in the U.S. with the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. And that's not the only Breck alcohol we have. We're also brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery. Go get your Breck Distillery whiskey. It's won a ridiculous amount of awards. It's like nine years running the best uh, whiskey in whatever the awards are that alcohol do. I don't know what they're called. I'm sorry. It's fantastic whiskey. Wins a bunch of awards. They're doing uh, some things with the Broncos as well. You can win sweet tickets to the New Year's Eve game. If you hashtag Breckenridge or Broncos bourbon. Yeah, it's Broncos bourbon on Instagram. Uh, so hashtag that with your favorite pictures of Broncos. They'll narrow that down and they'll select a winner in December. Uh, check them out at BreckenridgeBourbon.com today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. If you did not watch the middle six one, go watch that one. It was another great conversation about value and, and building NHL teams. So go check that one out on this YouTube channel. Like and subscribe if you really want to help us out. That is it for this one. We're doing a mailbag tomorrow. Tweets coming out in an hour or two. If you have questions for Eric, put them on there. We'll answer a bunch of them. And we will see you on the next one.